Welcome to the fourth and final podcast from the City of Derry International Choir Festival 2021. My name's Lorcan Doherty, and in this episode, we're looking at why men sometimes seem to be more reluctant to join choirs than women. Over the years during the festival, there has been singing everywhere in Derry, on the streets, in cafes, libraries, the train station. But this year, we decided to go somewhere where men have no problems finding their voice. The Brandywell, home to Derry City FC. To record the crowd singing a Derry anthem, Teenage Kicks by The Undertones. So we'll be hearing a little bit about that. I'll also be chatting to Michael Lynch from Men's Action Network in Derry about mental fitness and the benefits of socialising and singing. I'll be asking Chris Samuel what his secret is. He's the conductor of the Magnificent AKs, or as they describe themselves, the singing blokes of Ashton Keynes in the southwest of England. And first, Martin White, one of the festival's board members who sings with the Dura Calgoc singers in the city and also from the terraces in the Brandywell. My name is Martin White. I am one of the directors of the City of Derry Choir Festival. I sing in a local choir and have been singing for some time, so choral music is obviously very important to me. I like it. I love it for a whole lot of different reasons. And the choir festival has been one of the greatest things that, that came to the city because of the whole range of music and people that has brought to the city, not to mention how much they've enjoyed it and how much I've enjoyed it. So. It's great. I'm just delighted to be a part of, of the choir festival. You mentioned you sing in a choir. What choir is it, Martin? It's a choir called the Calga Singers. It's a local choir. And in case you wonder where the word Calga came from, <laughs> Calga was uh, the original chieftain who was here in Derry. And that's how, we, that's how the name came about. But it's called the Calga Singers. It's a mixed voice choir. We've been in existence for now over 20 years, nearly 25 years. Prior to that, I sang in another choir. So uh, choral music has been uh, has been very important. The Calga Singers, is, as I say, it's a mixed voice choir. And uh, we do a wide range of, of, uh, of songs, mostly sort of modern things. I just enjoy it. And I've been there for, for 25 years and uh, I just love the whole idea of just singing, singing in a choir and singing with other people. We're good friends, so it's, it's, also, it's also good from that point of view. And tell us this, sometimes conductors find it hard to get men to join choirs and the Calgic singers, is that a problem or is it, is it as easy to, to find men as women or how, how does it work for you? Well, I, I've heard that and I realise that, that, it, that more women tend to go into choirs than men. We have a very stable group of men we've had for some time. We've also had people who have come and gone for various reasons. But I think a lot of men, until you sing in a choir, in a mixed voice choir, I don't think you really appreciate just what it's like and what, what you get, you know, the fun that you get out of it. And also been able to make just the sound of, of choir singing in four part, two part, three part, whatever it is. I've noticed that it's gradually changing because, you know, there are now, you know, we have, for instance, a male voice choir 
in, in Derry. We have a number of mixed voice choirs. So there are more and more men, I think, coming forward as the word spreads. But um, I think we could do with, you know, more more men to, to, to come and sing. I don't know whether it's because they don't feel it's fashionable, they don't feel it's a manly thing to do, or it's just that they've never done it, and it always seems to be just there are more women coming forward. But I think it's gradually changing. I think it's gradually changing as 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 the whole role of music and and the type of music as well that, that choirs now do. That it's not as you know as, as sort of old fashioned, if you like, in some ways as as people think it is. It's very much up to date. And uh, I mean, the choir directors that you have now are, you know, I've noticed particularly an awful lot younger, so uh, much more, you know widespread in terms of, of the stuff that they do. It's not all about, you know, the stuff that you do, the high class stuff that you need to you know, really read music, you know. You know, remember singing and, and when I joined the choir uh, before and the Calga Singers, remember the first time when the choir master did um, a Beatles medley? And uh, I remember thinking, wow, I grew up with that. And then he did medley of the Beach Boys and I thought oh my god in heaven I remember growing up with that you know and suddenly you're doing it in four parts in other words there's a lot of music out there now and I think musical directors have caught on to it so the more you can make it interesting for people this is stuff you know you don't Mm -hmm. necessarily have to do music to do it because there's people around you who will help you and that's I think the big thing about you know people coming into choirs I think there's this massive misapprehension that oh, I'm not good enough or I'm not able to do that. Yes, you are. And Derry's in a great position because of the choir festival to sort of encourage that and to let other people see, Cricky, that's great. Our choir can do that. Martin, you've been involved in the choir festival since since it started, really, way back in 2013. Tell us a wee bit about how you got involved and well, I know there's a, a lot to pack in over those years, but any particular highlights that you would look back on fondly? I got involved in it because um, the director of it, Donald, uh, Donald Doherty, I knew him, and because I was involved with local choir, Donald asked would I, would I become involved with it, and my choir became involved with it. It was it was great. It was great for us because we ended up singing in places, you know, whether it was on stage, in shopping centres, and library, and things like that. The reason that it was good was because it was such a big festival. The big thing about it was I have heard choirs singing in the choir festival, whether it's international choirs, national choirs, even local choirs. And I've heard some of the best core music that I've heard, ever heard. But it's it's the range of, of you know, when you have choirs from, I mean, I remember choirs from Brazil, choirs from Indonesia, choirs from all over Ireland, all over the UK, choirs from Germany. I mean, it's it's just been the most, you can imagine the range of music and the impact that uh, that it's had. So I have got so much pleasure just out of being involved in it, never mind singing in it, but being involved in the organising of it and listening to and and even looking after some of the choirs when they come over, looking after the German choir, the Polish choir. You kind of became an honorary member of uh, the Magnificent AKs, is that right? 
Yeah, well, yeah, there was a, this choir called the, the AKs, and it's a male voice choir. And they were, not only were they a good choir, but they were what they were, and they were so full of fun. And they introduced an element to singing, uh, to music, which was the fun element. And I don't know where the musical director got some of the songs that, that they sang. You know, for instance, we, they sang one time in the shopping centre in, in Boyleside, outside Boots Chemist, and they ended up doing a song about a chemist shop or something like that. I don't know where they got it from, but we're so full of fun. They entertain. I could tell you stories about, you know, uh, they ended up with a singing in an hotel when a hen party arrived and the bride-to-be thought it was all for her and they just had fun with the whole thing. But they were also a good choir and a good bunch of people who became, are still in contact with the city and um, the, the city really sort of fell in love with them as well. So the AKs were good. But there were other choirs, you know, from Poland, as I say, from Poland, in Germany and Indonesia and Brazil and, and that. And, you know, even when you write them off, you sort of think, boy, they came here to, to the city and uh, we were able to, everybody was able to hear them. That is what the choir festival has been about. But it's also been about the whole idea of gives a, a focus for local choirs to become involved not necessarily just in, in a competitive situation, but also to be able to get out there and sing and sing their stuff and sing it in places where, you know, you wouldn't have got the chance to do where the city just became became taken over, if you like, by music. And when you do that, you know, this is what the choir festival does. Even to the extent that, you know, we, we have a, a sacred trail so even the churches have been taken over on Sundays by these choirs coming in to the various churches across the board and singing. The other thing it also does is it gives local choirs particularly a focus for you know, getting out and showing what they do in situations where they normally wouldn't have the chance to do it. Singing in choirs is one thing, but, you know, there's plenty of people who might not sing in the choir, but they might sing in the shower or down in the pub or even in the football stadium. And that's another one of your passions, isn't it, Martin? Derry City Football Club. Yeah, I love Derry City Football Club. I've been a, a season ticket holder for a long time and my father was involved in it, my brother was involved in it. So it's it's been a it's been very, very much a, a part of, of uh like like choral singing growing up in, in, in my life, and it's good fun. And yes, the city Derry is a music city hasn't gone unnoticed in in, in at times in, in the Bradley world. But you know you, you see it. You know people sing in the showers. I, I kind of a, a lot of people talk to people about choirs and about singing in choirs. And I've had people you know said, oh, I'd love to sing in a choir, but I can't sing. And I've said to people that. There are very few people that I know who can't sing. Uh, and I'm not going to name the people I know, but, you know, everybody can sing. I think there's this mass misapprehension about, about choirs, for instance, that you have to be an excellent, almost solo singer to sing in a choir. No, you don't. No, you don't. That's not the way it is. If you can hold a note at all, and most people can, as you say, they sing in the back, sing in the shower, they sing in everywhere, they sing and walk along the street. And, you don't have to be a solo singer. A choir singer and solo singer are different because you're with a group of people 
around you. And when you get the group singing, it's a different sound. And that's what you're getting at, uh, you know, football matches at the Brandywell. You know, we're the local particularly group of, of uh, supporters of the Brandywell Pride group. Um, they start singing from the, when the match starts and finish singing after the match finishes. And the atmosphere that they lend to it is tremendous. Plenty of stamina. If you ask, uh, never mind the stamina, uh, but if, if you ask them to join a choir, what they would say is no. Uh, I, I just sometimes wonder to the regard, if you sing at a football stadium and you're not singing, what you're doing is you're cheering your team on. You know, when you think of, of things like um, the Liverpool anthem, you'll never walk alone. And when you hear Liverpool supporters, the whole ground singing it, suddenly, you know, it, it, it lands a totally different atmosphere. And I've heard it so much in, you know, international matches, you know, where they, where they get behind. And it's a singing, but I'm not sure that people realise that they are actually singing. I think they think they're more cheering on their team in just the way that they do naturally. But you're right. If they only realise if you could, you know, if you can do that there, you know, you're not much different coming and singing in the choir. That's what the choir is. You know, you'll have your really good singers, you know, your really first-class singers. But, you know, the average, I'm not a solo singer, but I, I like singing in, in choirs. But I have a group of people around me, men around me, and I baseline of the tenor line and we can make a sound and that's really what it is and of course this year we took the choir festival to the brandywell and we had a rendition of teenage kicks did you sing along yes it was it was very funny the way that happened it was um when people realized they first of all the uh, teenage kicks is, is is the undertones tune it also happens to be an anthem for Derry city in that it's always played over the loudspeaker system when, when Derry City come out onto the field. So it was a, quite an appropriate thing to do. And it was very strange the way it happened. And it's just, we're talking about atmosphere and how you get involved in the atmosphere. When they come out onto the pitch, uh, people realised what was happening and the usual supporters who cheer and sing started to sing. But one thing I did notice, and I have to be holding my hand up, yeah, I did start singing at one stage because... Um, when they decided to do it again, come out of the second, second half of the match, by this stage, everybody had been so worked up about the match. It was a, it was a hard match. and, and uh, Local derby. Yeah, local, very much a local derby. And it was, everybody was all sort of really worked up about it. And I was just amazed at the number of people that stood up who've never seen doing it before. And they started singing clap teenage kicks as the team came out because the atmosphere... Uh, got to them and be fair, yes, I did stand up and do it at that stage. Martin, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Uh, just one last question. During the pandemic, obviously, um, a lot of things, well, you know, we've all lived through it. Uh, a lot of things shut down. Maybe not an easy question. Which did you miss most, singing in the choir or going to the Brandywell? Oh, that's not a fair question. <laughs> I have... I'll tell you what, the honest answer is both. I have to say the honest answer is both. The thing about the Brandywell is eventually we were able to watch it on streaming. So I was able to say it wasn't the same atmosphere. But I have to say one thing about during lockdown, and I'm not only talking about myself, I've missed the choir big time. And I mean that. And I know a lot of people and local choirs, and I do know a lot of them, I've been talking to. All of us are saying exactly the same thing, how much we missed singing and how much we missed the choirs that were in. But it wasn't just the singing. 
Because when you sing in a choir and you sing four part three of arch, you're with a group of people and um, you're just, you know, there's a relationship because people join choirs for different reasons. You know, people join choirs for their own reasons, for personal reasons, for things that are maybe going on and maybe I need to get away to just relax and unwind. And I remember when I joined the choir, it was the best way of, of unwinding. And, I, and it became just a, a, a almost like relaxation Where for that period. On the, and we all say the same thing. For that period of, of choir practices, you forget about everything else. And suddenly you find yourself relaxing. Now, I don't know whether that's a physical thing because you're, just, you're breathing, because you're relaxed. But I also think it's because you just enjoy the whole fun of singing. And I think the big thing, because Derry is very much a choir in a music city, and that went during the during the, the lockdown. And you know, all the people I've been talking to are singing choirs really, really are missing. Um, some of them still are, some of them started back, are missing just the, the choir, the singing, and the friends that they have made in that. And I, I'm not just saying that lightly. They are genuinely missing it. For some people, when you get choir, particularly older choirs, you know, it's a very important for people for mental reasons. It's very important. And for other reasons, it doesn't have to be older. You know, for people, it's a way to get away, to get away from whatever's happening, and it's a way to relax. And it's like an awful lot of other things people miss during lockdown. But choirs, I think when you sing in a choir, you do miss that and if I had to say, at least I can see Derry City on the screen, but you haven't been able to do anything as far as choirs, and I miss the choir big time. Yeah. No, we all did. And uh, this year we're lucky in the festival to have some singing, and hopefully next year we'll be full of song again. So we've got that to look forward to. We're, I think we're, we're going to have some singing this year, which is good, and we're conscious of the fact, yeah, this year is kind of like, hopefully the start of, of sort of things coming back to some sort of normality. And I'm quite optimistic that next year will be big because hopefully the end of October next year, we'll be able to go out and hopefully the people like the AKs and people like that will be able to come back and we can start having fun again and start meeting up with our friends. That was Martin White, one of the festival directors and a singer with Dura Kalgak Singers. Big thanks to Martin for talking to me on the podcast. Next, we're going to hear from Michael Lynch. Part of the reason we made a film this year of Teenage Kicks being sung at the Brandywell and why we're doing this podcast is to raise awareness around men's mental health. Men's Action Network, or MAN, is a group that supports and promotes male health and well-being in the northwest of Ireland. Here's Michael to tell us more. I'm Michael Lynch and I'm the director, well, I'm a counsellor and the director of services for Men's Action Network, and more essentially uh, a charity that supports male health and well-being and looks after men's mental fitness, uh, because sadly there's a tag around mental health. Uh, so mental fitness, because, you know, there will be times in our lives when we'll be, when our mental well-being will be better than ours. But uh, sadly, often, uh, if we're tagged with the label mental health, it can seem to fall away forever. And that's not the case, always. So our mental fitness, as you say, can can go up and down, you know, like yep. like our physical fitness. 
from your organization's point of view, how do you think the pandemic has affected uh, people in general or men generally? Well, we spend our time often uh, talking to men about how we talk to ourselves. And sadly, when we become isolated, whether that be as part of the pandemic or as part of our own self-isolation that sadly too many men do, then we don't often talk to ourselves in a healthy way. And we can ruminate uh, and go down darker avenues of thought. And we do know that, you know, when we have that time and the pandemic created that kind of environment, that uh, we can maybe focus on stuff that's not the healthiest for us. Uh, we work on the premises of kind of three words, which is about value, validating, and celebrating men. Uh, and that's really about trying to counter, you know, the the image that uh, if we ask for help, that somehow that's a weakness. Because even if we do ask for help, um, only ourselves are able to do it, you know, and none of us have all the answers. And there will be times in our life where we need help and support. Uh, and it's important that we see that as a really strong choice, uh, you know, and going and seeking help because in the final analysis, even if a hundred people help you, only you will choose to do it or not. You know, and our job is, is to actually allow men to see them or strength and resilience they have to value that and they validate that. And then also to celebrate uh, who we are. I mean, particularly, you know, with the focus and celebration with the, the, the festival, it's important that we as men uh, do celebrate ourselves as men. So, so too often, sadly, when they talk about men in the wider context, it's when they're in trouble or causing trouble. And we're so much more than that. You mentioned isolation. Um, we've obviously had to isolate during the pandemic. But as, as you said, it's something that maybe men do themselves anyway, uh, yeah. to, to, to a kind of harmful degree at times. How important would you say that socializing is? How does it help? And uh, as an example of that, do you think, for example, singing in a choir is a, is a kind of activity that could help with uh, our mental fitness? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's important that we know we can socialize and we're not being judged like the alpha male perspective that we actually can take part in something that we enjoy. Uh, and singing is a really good therapeutic way of allowing us, you know, to express ourselves, you know, in a very healthy way. Uh, just back to the isolation, as you mentioned with the pandemic, but I mean, our job is still is sadly the stereotypical beliefs that we have that, you know, uh, as big men, we should be strong and get on with it and not ask for help and support. Self-isolates it from the very thing that we need to actually help ourselves to support that we need. Uh, and so many men kind of condition themselves to emotionally be uh, disconnected. And it's important, you know, in celebratory uh, times, you know, that could be a football match, you know, the Derry City thing with the teenage kicks, but equally other things that we can get together and enjoy each other's company uh, in a healthy way. And that's good for us. It's good for our soul and it's certainly good for our health and well-being. Some conductors uh, say that they have, they're always struggling to attract men to join their choirs and and in contrast, they might not have any problem um, getting women to join. Why do you think the reason 
have you any idea for the kinds of reasons that might be? I suppose there's many things that a part of our job often is to try to the talk to our agencies about how they engage with men. You know, men are reluctant often to join them because sadly they may think we're being judged. You, you know, listen, I can't sing a note, but, you know, I sing along with certain things and it gives me pleasure. But there can be the fear, oh, somebody's going to judge that I'm, you know, a, a bum note or something and don't want to be there. Uh, or you might think, well, I'm not good enough to be part of you know, that particular choir or that, you know, that particular setting. But, it, you know, it, it depends what it's about, you know, it's, it's about the enjoyment of singing and the pleasure that brings to ours. And so it, it's nice to be part of that because I know the therapeutic value of, of music and this widest context and how it speaks to many people even beyond a narrative, you know, uh, between two individuals because music represents an awful lot to a lot of people and can be very soothing and uplifting and, you know, passion and fallen soul. So it, it, it's a wonderful medium to use. Uh, but sadly, again, as we talked about men self-isolating, often part of that is our own judgment about, you know, will people judge me if I come along or, you know, will I be good enough for all the rest? And it's really just about saying, look, this is about enjoyment, you know, and, and that's the celebration But you know, it doesn't matter if you sing way off key. It might be so good to the people around you, but at least, uh, you know, you're feeling better. And that's the whole point of it, I think. Part of the reason we went to the Brandywell to record the crowd singing Teenage Kicks was, I suppose, because that's a setting where men maybe don't feel judged, don't feel judged when singing and they're not worried about hitting a bum note. So, yeah, do you think that there's kind of a difference there, isn't there, a football crowd and a choir? But at the end of the day, what we were trying to say is that at the same time, it's people getting together and, and singing amongst all of Well, there's a bit of analogy between that and the kind of work that we would do. We've always created group processes where people can come together. And part of that often is they allow you to sit in silence and find your voice and know that it's okay to speak. And so in the same instance, you can hide in a crowd and your bum notes won't be as, you know, heard over the over the vastness of the crowd. And the important bit is there, you're enjoying yourself. You're taking part. You're among other people. You're socialising. You know, you're, you're really enjoying it and get onto it. It's particularly good, of course, when the team's doing well, but when it's not. But, uh, I mean, I, I was at the Brandywell for that recording and uh, I've heard various songs and chants from terraces and stuff. And sadly, they're not always very healthy towards some other players, but, you, you know, there can be an expression and it's important that, you know, that we can express ourselves, but not in a harmful way. And do you think between when you started and now today, Michael, do you think that the the picture surrounding how we talk about mental fitness and, and men's mental health has improved? Well, certainly, uh, yes, it, it, you know, we know it's more prevalent, you know, everywhere you look and everything you talk about. And, and I mean, there is a difficulty even when we talk about mental health or mental fitness or mental well-being. That that's a very broad, broad spectrum, you know, and many people talk, we think when we talk about mental health as, as a terminology generally out there is that we're all talking about the same thing. But that can be anything from feeling just a wee bit low to being, you know, in the wider scale, maybe having a, 
a diagnosis like say schizophrenia or that and all the intermediate things in between it uh, you know but so, greatly thankfully uh we've talked a lot more about it it's more in the media it's more in our thing in fact even what you're doing is in our element of awareness and i think the more we do that the better uh because we have to keep giving out that message you know it, it's a message we all know that it's good to talk i mean i'll give an example i'm talking to you Lurkin, but when I talk to anybody uh, and we put out various kind of videos and things through the pandemic and I used to always start with say, look, if you're listening to me, you're talking to me now today, then you survive life. Nobody else has done that for you. You've done it. doesn't matter how wacky or how people think you might have done it. You find coping strategies. So within yourself, you have the skills, the strength and resilience. Thank you, Michael. One last question. What can we do to get you to join a choir then? <laughs> I, uh, my wife used to sing the choir, my daughter's song and choirs. Uh, it's not a blessing that I have. I have a hard gifts and stuff, but I sing along whenever I can. And to say, I'm your, uh, I'm your classic bum note, you know, when they let me know at times. But I do it for, as I said before, because uh, it's therapeutic for me just to get lost in the words and the music, you know, uh, and the meaning of music. Uh, and so I don't really care much. <laughs> I don't set out to offend anybody, but I mean, I don't do it to do that. I do it because it's something I enjoy, uh, you know, and I may never make, you know, the front row of a choir, but I'll sing when I get the chance. Our thanks to Michael Lynch and Men's Action Network for chatting to us and for all the good work that they do there. Our last guest today is Chris Samuel. He's a singer and a conductor who seems to have no problem getting men to join his choir, the Magnificent AKs. Uh, well, my name's Chris Samuel, um, and I'm a, a, a choir leader singer from the, the southwest of England, near Bath, if you know that area. Um, and actually I run a, a number of different choirs, two uh, mixed voice choirs and, uh, and a male voice choir. And Chris, uh, the men's choir that you take, uh, the Magnificent AKs, came to Derry, of course. Tell us a little about them in particular. Uh, uh, well, the AKs started about a dozen years ago. Um, I, I sing with, a, with an Australian sort of global collective called the Spooky Men's Chorale, who, who some people might have come across. Uh, and I was, uh, so I only tour with them when they're in Europe, obviously, it would be daft for me to go to Australia, so, which is usually every other year. And, and we were doing, we'd done a gig in Sidmouth, I think, at the folk festival down there. And I was just, we were just chatting to some, uh, some people afterwards and selling CDs and stuff. And uh, a couple of chaps approached me and, and we were chatting and they said, you don't sound very Australian. And I said, well, that's because I'm not. Um, and they said, where do you live? And I said, I live in and they said so do we uh, and uh, in fact I think it was the wife this is an interesting point actually it was definitely the wife of one of the guys who said we should get you to come and get some of our blokes singing uh -huh. because they had a, a, a music festival coming up and they wanted to do something with with men singing for the music festival so that's that's kind of how it started well that is interesting yeah because the question is you know, a lot of conductors locally and stuff have said, oh, it's, you know, we find it hard to get men to join choirs. We thought, well, 
the Magnificent AKs clearly don't have that problem, but it's interesting how it came about. It needed a woman to kind of get definitely. the ball rolling. Yeah, very definitely. And I think that's also often the case uh, with mixed choirs as well. Quite often men will be dragged along by their, by their uh, better halves uh, and, and then stick it out or not. I mean, some, obviously sometimes they don't enjoy it. But I think there's two very different dynamics. I think there's a very different dynamic with an all-male group than there is with a, with a mixed group. And actually the problems are slightly different in terms of attracting men to those two things, I think, anyway. Yeah, why don't you tell us a bit more about that? Well, for mixed voice choirs, it's, it's a very typical problem. I mean, I'm involved in the Natural Voice Network, which um, uh, some of your uh, participants may well be familiar with. We've got uh, members in Ireland and, and Northern Ireland as well. Um, and lots of, lots of it, it's, it's dominated by women choir leaders, female choir leaders, and they're always saying, we can't get enough men. And they always ask the men who run choirs, how do you do it? And I, I think I have almost as much problem with attracting men to a mixed voice choir as they do. I mm. think there's a slight advantage because when men do come along, they've got a man singing at them and that helps, you know, especially if, if lots of them haven't sung for a very long time, then they're hearing it in the right, in the right register and they can, it, it, they can replicate it more easily. Mm. But I also think that there's an issue with uh, repertoire that, um, that often in mixed voice choirs, the bass parts aren't terribly interesting. And if you, if, if you constantly give men a diet of dum-dums, um, then, you know, and then wonder why they don't stick around in the choir, you know, I think, I think you need to be a bit more imaginative in, in, in terms of repertoire and giving them the lead occasionally, or at least giving them interesting bits to do. And I try with my own arrangements and other, other arrangements that I bring in for the, to the mixed choirs, I try to avoid dum-dums like the plague. There's, you can't get rid of them completely, but, uh, but I think there, uh, there is this, there's a lot of material where the bass lines aren't terribly interesting or satisfying, and actually quite hard as well, because if you're singing, you know, three or four minutes worth of dum dums, and there's no verbal or, or, or word cues as to when you change notes or when it gets to the, the next section or whatever, then I think it, it's harder to sing that than it is to sing sing words. Um, I, I should say that actually I, I don't use scores. I never use scores for my. Um, for any of my choirs, so so they don't have that cue either. So that if they've got a, a, a lot of dum dums to learn, they actually have to learn them. <laughs> um, talking about repertoire, there were some very memorable performances when you were over in Derry, and uh, a lot of fun uh, with the magnificent AKs. How important is the repertoire that you choose? Ah, oh, it's really, really important. I think, and and I it. it sets the tone for what what the group is what we're about um and because we started in a in a slightly you know it just started as an open workshop and uh with with blokes from the village turning up and uh, you know i gave them some sea shanties to to sing because they're they're pretty straightforward call and response stuff and they liked those a lot and it it, it became very clear from the from the beginning that that the, the more masculine the songs the more they related um, so that's kind of where we started off. But actually, we were lucky because of my background with the Spookies. The, there's a lot of humour in that as well, and I and I wanted to replicate that a bit. We only actually do one Spooky song in our in our set, but but that kind of idea, the idea of of blokes uh, having a laugh together on stage, 
was was very much at the heart of it and and that's continued very much so actually the trickiest thing for me now in, in looking for repertoire is finding the songs that are going to really make people laugh in the audience and really uh, that the guys are going to really enjoy singing and and often that means we have to to write our own songs or, or get people to write songs for us or about us as well it definitely worked a treat when you're over in Derry, so much so that, in fact, uh, the choir were awarded a special audience prize for just being so entertaining. <laughs> that was really nice. I, I, I've, you know, when I came to Derry that time, that was the first time I've ever entered a competition. I've, I've, I've never really uh, been interested in, in, interest, uh, in entering competitions at all. And in fact, when people say, oh, why don't you, why don't you compete? And I said, the only prize I'm interested in winning will be the choir that's having the most fun. And actually, that was kind of the prize that we got in Derry, which was brilliant. It was fantastic. We did enter the, the male voice choir competition as well because the guys persuaded me to do it. And uh, a little against my better nature, we, we did it. Um, and uh, I, I, it's provided us with a great gag, which I use all the time now on stage. So I say we entered the, the uh, international, Derry International Choral Festival male voice choir competition and came second. And we get a great cheer from the audience and they say out of two <laughs> <laughs> which is true <laughs> um i heard a rumor that um when you were awarded the special audience prize there was actually no one in the hall to pick it up <laughs> because the, yourself and the choir were all across the road in a local watering hole is there any truth in that <laughs> That's absolutely true, um, but I, I, I think it's your fault for having such a great bar just opposite the, uh, the main hall. You know, Badgers became our second home while we were in Derry. We had a great time in there. I saw on your website earlier, Chris, I was having a look through, and uh, it says, we offer serious singing combined with profound insights into modern male angst. I thought, well, I better bring that up if we're talking about, you know, how, <laughs> you know is it difficult to get men to join the choir? What does that mean? Well, I, okay, that's that's partly serious and partly in jest. And I talk on stage about us being more than just a choir. That that you know we don't just sing and drink together, but we you know share problems and all that kind of stuff. But and and actually, there's a there's quite a lot of truth in that. But but we we uh, like a lot of men when you get together, you communicate your emotions by actually taking the mick out of each other, um, and so it, it often manifests itself in humour. But you know over over. The last dozen years, uh, we've had we've had bereavements. We've had some of our guys dying. In fact, one guy quite recently. Um, we've we've got chaps who are who, who are living with cancer and who've had uh, prostatectomies. We've had we've got guys with Parkinson's disease, and it's it's been a real inspiration to me to see how men actually when they, when they are in a group and when they're in a space where there's you know it's not a competitive environment. Um, how they actually support each other, and and for a lot of the guys, it's become a very very important uh, uh, source of uh, of. I mean, camaraderie is one of those funny words. It can mean lots of different things, but I think lots of men after a certain age struggle with with getting together. The the, the idea that you know women that a woman had to introduce these guys to me in order to get the thing going in the first place. Men are not great at, at just putting themselves out there and joining clubs and and doing stuff like women often are because they kind of they've had an environment where it's been sport based or uh, and when you're too old to do that I'm, some of the one of the guys said to me a, a while ago you know that i never thought i'd i'd be part of a group of men like this again because 
when my my football days were over, I thought that was it. You know, I wouldn't it wouldn't have that kind of um, uh, yeah, camaraderie is the word, I guess. But also, it's because it's in a non-competitive environment. I think it's it's quite a special thing, and I've been very touched by some of the stories and some of the ways that the guys have opened up to each other. Um, we we've uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we have a, an annual men's singing camp called Blokefest, and uh, in, in normal times it's quite big, 120 plus. This time, uh, quite a bit smaller for fairly obvious reasons. And one of the guys said to me before Blokefest, he said, would you mind if I spoke to the chaps about mental health? And I said, no, I think it would be brilliant. And he stood up after a day's uh, work of, of workshops. He stood up and said, I've been living with depression for the last 30 years, depression and anxiety for the last 30 years. And I think it's time that men talked about it a bit more openly. And here are some of the things that, that, that you know, I've discovered. And here are some of the places where I think you can get help. And then we all went off to the bar and it was brilliant. The discussions that happened from that mm. were were really deep and not the kind of thing you you do. I do even with some of my close friends, you know, if you just went out for a drink or you went for dinner or something. Because it was an all-male environment, it was it, there was a sort of safety to it in a way. And, and, and I'm, I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of that, that kind of environment that allows people to be really honest and really supportive and... Um, and then go to the pub and have a drink and tell some bad jokes and 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 do a bit of singing. You know that it, it's that kind of stuff, and it seems to work pretty well for men. An Englishman's home is his castle, a place that is truly his own, where he can be free of all hassle when the day-to-day battle is won. The pandemic has obviously been hard for everyone, but for choirs uh, who would normally be used to getting together and meeting up, they've had to, choirs have had to look for other ways to kind of, well, meet online or Mm. do whatever they could. Uh, For last year's choir festival, we put a call out for videos. And one of the best ones I have to say that we were sent was, I can't remember the title, is it Alone in My Shed? Yeah, 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 alone in my shed, and uh, I thought it was brilliant because it was um, it was this video. Well, maybe you can talk about it as well. But basically, it was just very um, of the moment as well. Uh, you know, it, it was. It, I think you did it in black and white as well, so it's quite somber, but there was a lot of humour in it at the same time. It was very magnificent AKs, if you know what I mean. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, actually, we were kind of lucky that we'd been singing that song for years. Um, so and and it's a it's a, a, a homage to to you know the, the man's man's shed. And, I mean, in fact, if your camera was working, you could see that I'm sitting in my shed at the moment. Um, and that kind of idea of it being a space, a, a sort of place of sanctuary for for men to to get and do what they want to do in in there. Um, uh, and so we've been singing it for a long, long time. And then when we we started meeting online and really missing singing with each other and obviously you can't sing together at the same time we thought we'd have a bash at one of these you know one of these here videos which of course is a flipping nightmare to, to actually put together and so we got the guys to, to record themselves individually and we mixed it together and and then put the video to, to go with it and and that most of that has come within the group very little of it to do with me other than them providing the guide tracks for them to to sing along to uh, and it just the, the the lyrics just seem to to fit the moment because 
we were all literally alone in our sheds. We couldn't get together. We couldn't do anything else. Uh, and so the the sort of mood of the of the, the, the film came came from there. And I thought um, that that Graham, the guy who, who did the video, got it absolutely bang on. So there's little bits of clips of video of people going in and out of their sheds. There's also stills of black and whites of just sheds because they are marvelous things. Um, and and yeah, it's a slightly sort of minor key, uh, wistful kind of thing. When I'm when I'm um, trying to get the guys to sing it better, which I often do. Um, I tell them that it's a, it's, it's a sort of unrequited love song. It, it's, well, it is a love song. It's a love song to your shed. Um, and you need to s sing it with that sense of, of yearning and passion. Um, and hopefully that came over a bit in the, uh, in the video. I like to be Sheds are good things, and, and I would heartily recommend. I've got several actually, but um, and and some of the sheds of the of the guys are quite remarkable. In fact, to going back to uh, to bereavements, one of the a, a, a good mate of mine who was in the choir died sadly about ten years ago, and his funeral was held in his yard, and we spent most of the time in his shed, which was remarkable. It was an amazing place. He he'd made guitars and did all sorts of things in there. And it was a fantastic space. And that's where we all felt happiest actually hanging out, was in, was in his shed. And of course we had to sing Alone in My Shed. And Chris, I take it you're back singing with the three choirs then, now, is that right? We are, yes. How's it been? Oh, it's been fantastic. It, oh, I mean, the, I, I'm sure, you know, every everyone listening to this will have had the same experience that, you know, singing singing online or even singing outdoors uh, you know two meters apart is really difficult to do um and now we are meeting again indoors we've done i've done a few gigs with the ak's mostly outside but actually we've got our first theater gig coming up this week this weekend um so that's really exciting and just oh the the, the reason you sing together is because of what harmonies do to 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 you as a as a human being and you can't, you, we've been missing that for the last 18 months. And it's just so nice, just so good to be back together again. Brilliant, Chris. And are we likely to see you back in Derry at, a, at another festival in the future? I really, really hope so. We had a blast. We had a really, really good time the last time we came over. And um, and we were trying to get across for, for this year. But uh, any time you want us back, we'll, we'll be there in future, definitely. Brilliant. Now, more than welcome, if, if it's even half as good as the last time then uh, i'm sure you'll be walking away with more prizes <laughs> as long as you turn up in the hall to yes, pick them up yes yeah, we'll, we'll remember that not that it's time. about the prizes <laughs> yeah we'll be there like a shot you're very kind thank you chris samuel of the magnificent AKs. great talking to him big thanks to chris and indeed to michael and martin as well for talking to me on this podcast and that's us for this year's series. I do hope you've enjoyed listening to them. Until next time, keep singing, keep safe. And from me, Lorcan Doherty, and everyone at the City of Derry International Choir Festival, bye for now.